Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is March 29th, 2021. It has been, by any reasonable measure, an eventful first quarter. At the start of the year, the pandemic was raging and vaccines had barely begun to roll out. Today, despite a recent tick-up in cases, the light at the end of the tunnel is looking brighter and closer. At the start of the year, a very contentious election seemed destined to be followed by political gridlock. Today, with democratic control of the White House and both houses of Congress, aggressive fiscal policy is set to boost the pace of economic recovery and the risk of inflation. At the start of the year, 10-year Treasury yields were below 1% and equity valuations looked high. Three months later, interest rates have seen a significant increase, and while value has, for once, led the market, overall equity valuations have risen further, with the S&P 500 closing in at a record high on Friday, up 5.8% for the year so far. However, despite all of this, the United States and the world remain in waiting mode. The distribution of vaccines, while having a clear impact on reducing fatalities from COVID-19, has not yet progressed enough to allow society to return to normal. Fiscal stimulus is beginning to show up in wallets, but how much will be saved, how much will be spent, and how much will it impact growth and inflation remain unclear. Numbers this week and in the weeks ahead should provide some answers to these questions. However, in the meantime, it's worth taking a survey of just where we are in the calm before the surge. On the pandemic, the last few weeks have seen first a stalling out and then a ticking up in new confirmed cases, along with a continued sharp decline in fatalities. This is not surprising, since the decision to vaccinate the elderly first was always more likely to reduce mortality than infection. However, the pace of vaccination is continuing to increase, now running at a seven-day moving average of over 2.7 million administered doses. This, combined with those who have acquired some immunity by catching the disease, still suggests that the country should approach herd immunity by the start of the summer although it will still take some time before both families and businesses can truly logistically and psychologically adjust to a post-pandemic world. On fiscal policy, according to media reports, the administration appears to be adopting a two-track approach to its domestic policy agenda. On Wednesday, President Biden will lay out his plans for infrastructure investment in a speech in Pittsburgh. While the address will likely focus on rebuilding transportation infrastructure and green technology, investors will have equal interest in tax increases proposed to pay for part of the plan. This could involve raising the corporate income tax from 21% to 28% and increasing the minimum corporate tax on foreign profits. The administration is also intent on extending its efforts to reduce inequality and help with the child and dependent care expenses with a view to making it easier for women to enter and stay in the workforce. The president is likely to provide more clarity on these proposals next month. This could partly be funded by higher taxes on personal income and capital gains for upper-income individuals, as well as an expansion of the estate tax. There is, of course, great uncertainty about what the President may propose and even greater uncertainty about what Congress may be willing to pass. However, if the legislation is successfully maneuvered through Congress, it will probably be via the reconciliation process requiring just 50 Senate votes. It's also highly likely that this legislation will only be partly paid for through higher taxes and with funding trailing behind spending, allowing for further extension of the substantial fiscal stimulus into 2022. 
On economic growth, data last week continued to suggest only moderate growth in the first quarter, with real GDP likely to rise at a close close to the 4.3% annualised pace of the fourth quarter. However, consumer and business sentiment readings were strong, and this trend is likely to be repeated in this week's readings on consumer confidence on Tuesday and global PMIs on Thursday. Light vehicle sales for March will likely show a healthy increase in a first sign of the impact of fiscal stimulus on consumer spending. However, low inventory levels reflecting supply chain issues may impede a surge in vehicle sales, leading to strong gains in prices as well as volumes. This is likely to be a broader theme throughout the rest of this year, as supply struggles to keep pace with surging demand. Despite this, real GDP will likely recover the last of its pandemic losses in the second quarter and could easily match the Fed's forecast of 6.5% year-over-year growth by the fourth. On jobs, Friday's employment report is shaping up to be a strong one, with the potential for a 500,000-plus gain in non-farm payrolls. The job gains are likely to be concentrated in the restaurant, entertainment, leisure and education areas that saw huge layoffs in the early days of the pandemic, which are gradually being reversed as the economy slowly reopens. We also expect the unemployment rate to tick down from 6.2% to 6.0%, even as more workers return to the job market. With very strong economic growth and limited legal immigration, we expect the unemployment rate to fall even faster than the Fed does, with the jobless rate averaging 4.2% in the fourth quarter of this year and 3.5% in the fourth quarter of 2022. On profits... Entering the first quarter earnings season, a record number of S&P 500 companies are issuing positive guidance, according to FactSet. This corporate optimism is also reflected in analyst expectations, which are looking for a 40% rise in S&P 500 operating earnings in 2021, following a 22% decline last year. Strong economic growth should, of course, contribute to this. However, analysts are likely too optimistic in forecasting a further 16% gain in 2022, particularly given prospects for higher interest rates, higher wage costs, and possibly higher corporate taxes, even as growth moderates throughout the next year. On inflation, last Friday's consumption deflator readings were in line with expectations, and with year-over-year inflation registering a moderate 1.6% overall and 1.4% excluding food and energy. However, these readings will both likely vault well above 2% in April, due to easier comparisons with last year. Importantly, the pace of year-over-year inflation may stay above 2% throughout the rest of the year and into 2022, reflecting the impacts of supply bottlenecks and surging demand. For the Federal Reserve, such an inflation outcome will likely lead to some discomfort as the year goes on. Broadly speaking, the Federal Reserve is utilising three tools in trying to boost the economy. One, near-zero short-term interest rates two, extensive bond purchases, and three, forward guidance that they don't intend to ease off these efforts anytime soon. However, if the economy continues to outperform their inflation and employment forecasts, their forward guidance may begin to lose credibility, as investors increasingly doubt both the wisdom of their policies and their resolve to stick with them. This should mean further increases in long-term interest rates in the months ahead. This, of course, constitutes a threat to the bond market. However, it also suggests some risk the overall equity market, and in particular those parts which still trade at high multiples to earnings. For investors, in the calm before the surge, there is still time to check that portfolios are well diversified and have sufficient exposure to less expensive areas such as US value stocks and both EM and DM stocks overseas. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. If any questions in the meantime, please reach out to a JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only, and as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. 
Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.